0: I want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. I am your sweet and lovable host. Hopefully you can hear me here. might help if I turn up my my microphone. Anyway, hey everybody. Hope that you're having a good day. And uh, today we have another episode in our series, The Marketing of Homosexuality to America. I hope that. Can you guys hear me okay? I hope you can. Okay. Maybe I can hear myself better. So anyway, hey, do me a favor, if you are coming in on the archive, make sure that you share this out for us if you don't mind. We always love and appreciate everybody that does that, just so you know. And uh, believe me, the the word of mouth is the best way to get the show out, just so you know. Hi, Dan. How are you, buddy? Hi, Joey. Hi, Mia. Hi, everybody else coming in. Steven. How come I'm not seeing you, Steven? I don't know why I'm not following you now. I don't know why I wasn't following you before. That's weird. Anyway, thank you guys for sharing that out. All right. And over on Facebook, give me a mere moment here. Just one mere moment. And I shall share this out on Facebook as well. (laughs) That's what we do here in the opening of the show we share stuff out. Is it on Facebook yet? Okay, there it is. I saw it. Okay. Oops, that's not it. This is going to be good, you guys. You're going to learn some stuff, hopefully, that you didn't know. Alright, we're going to do that there. Now, if you guys aren't aware and you're not on my text message list, then I would encourage you to join my text message list by texting the term Bible News to 33222. And, uh, Fairface, you can keep that up for a little bit if you don't mind. But when you put it up. Alright, people. Let's see. There we go. Alright, so when people start coming in, I can say hi to you guys, too. Okay. Let me go ahead. And stop the music, people. Stop. Stop the music. (laughs) Okay, you guys. Hey. Uh, Can you hear me okay?
1: I can hear you fine.
0: Okay. I just guess I don't sound as loud as I
1: can turn your headphones up.
0: usually do. Okay. All right. So during the show, in the event that you're uh, not on a platform that I can't see, then feel free to text me to text. You got to join the list first. Text Bible news, the term Bible news to three, three, two, two, two. All right. And if you're not yet there, you'll have to join first, but then you can text me through the show um, and you can tell me Uh, Whatever it is you want to tell me now. I actually, the only thing that I can't see uh, when you text me is emojis. So don't text me emojis because it doesn't show up as actual emoji. It actually shows up as a garbled question mark or something like that. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, hey Sylvia Zulin, nice to see you. And Melanie, nice to see you guys too. Okay. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at part seven in the marketing of homosexuality to America. Uh, if you're new to the show, let me welcome you and just tell you who I am. I am Stacey Lynn Harp, your sweet and lovable host. Yeah, I am. of Bible News Radio. <laughs> and I have been hosting this show for almost 15 years, going on 15 years. Uh, and I have an extensive background understanding the homosexual agenda And um, I've gone to uh, homosexual conferences uh, run by the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, as well as SESCAL. And I have, um, you know, just been covering the news and all the activism stuff now for for almost 15 years. So I have to tell you that that what we're going to talk about today isn't my opinion, in the event you're new and you don't know who I am, it's not my opinion. It's actually history from this book here called After the Ball, which was written by two homosexuals, Marshall Kirk and Hunter Madsen. And this book, the lowest I've seen it is about $60 now, and the highest I've seen it is close to 1000 So So uh, it's an older book written in the mid-80s. And it lays out the marketing plan that the homosexual activists that wrote the book had for America. And so what I've been doing for the last number of weeks is I've been laying out the actual words of the the authors of the book. That's all I'm doing. And we're contrasting it to what we see today here in 2018, mid-2018, 2018 18 actually well over 30 years later right so about 30 years later uh so they they have taken their time and they have done it very well they have uh done it skillfully it's been genius actually um and so what i want to do is i want to show you what they did and the reason i'm showing you what they did is because if you're a follower of jesus you need to understand how easy it is to be deceived, and I've gone back to this um this uh um example year, many years ago. I was reading this book it was it, it was i forgot the name of the book, which is horrible i' I probably should remember the name of the book, but I was reading the book and it was about a guy who was uh a hacker and it was written by a guy who was a hacker I think his name was Kevin something anyway. Anyway, the very opening chapter of the book, that guy actually talked about how when he was a young child, he had a magician come to his birthday party, and he was super, um, he was super um, observant as a young kid, observing how the participants at that birthday party enjoyed being deceived because the magician, that's all he did. And if you think about it, how many of you like to see magic tricks, right? I mean, they're kind of fun to watch if they're not fully demonic like David Blaine and some of these other guys do, some really super demonic ones. But, you know, a little card trick here and there, you know, you can figure it out and it's like, ooh, can I can I go ahead and do this and, and uh, um, you know, can I... Can, can we trick them, right? That's sleight of hand and all that. Well, marketing, that's the same thing, right? And the marketing of evil, David Kupelian, he actually lays out all of that, how evil has been marketed to us. And as Christians, frankly, we have fallen hook, line, and sinker for it. But not only as Christians, but also just the world in general, because the lust of the flesh, the lust of eyes, you know, all that stuff, the pride of life. You know when we see a carrot here and we hear it long enough we desire it whether or not we agree with it or not our minds can be changed through marketing and that's basically what's happened with the marketing of homosexuality to america so let's go ahead and get into the the lesson for today uh, we have been looking at the strategy of waging peace that's what marshall kirk and hunter madsen called this uh this particular section the last couple of weeks there's eight strategies and so we've already looked at a couple of them, but the what it is is the strategy of waging war or or waging peace rather eight practical principles for the persuasion of straits based on the book uh called uh, How America Will Conquer Its Fear and Hatred of Gays in the 90s by Marshall Kirk and Hunter Madsen it's after the ball. All right, so that is what we're going to look at. So last week, once we left off, we uh, looked at principle four and principle five. Principle four said, "Keep the message focused." You're a homosexual, not a whale. And the whole point of that principle was just to remind the homosexual activist that uh, that they shouldn't be partnering with every organization under the sun. That they actually should just be partnering with people who could actually do something for them. And generally, the the organizations that they were partnering with they really couldn't, but they were minorities. So, uh, so the the exhortation there was keep keep the keep the message focused. You're homosexual. That's really what we wanted to promote is that we're homosexual. Principle five: portray gays as victims, not as aggressive challengers. That was the majority of the show, uh, primarily because you know it took some time to outlay, to lay out rather, um, you know exactly what it is that that they wanted people to see, right? So today what we're going to do is we're going to finish, we're going to look at 6, 7, and 8, uh, the, the principles 6, 7, and 8. So principle 6 uh, is titled, Give Potential Protectors a Just Cause. Now here, defined easily, the pretend, the potential protector is the straight people that they are t- targeting to convert. So on page 187, It says, the Waging Peace media campaign will reach straights on an emotional level, casting gays as society's victims and inviting straights to be their protectors. Thus, our campaign should not demand explicit support for homosexual practices, but should instead take anti-discrimination as its theme. I want you to note how I wrote the words here because this is exactly how it was written in the book. Uh, it, 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 they actually italicized the word sexual, okay? So it was homosexual practices. Uh, they italicize the word sexual. Why? Because they're trying to draw your attention away from that. Because that's really, frankly, what makes you homosexual, is the sexual acts that you engage in, right? But the marketing of homosexuality to America has said, no, it's not. It's about everything but that. Uh, instead what they did is that they told you flat out what they were going to do but should it it should instead take anti-discrimination as its theme and and if you know anything about this issue that's exactly what they've done it's all about discrimination laws and i've said this for years that uh that ultimately it it comes an issue where um where you know it's christian rights or it's gay rights right and if you are somebody who um, you know, who is who is aware of the issues and you understand the politics and how this is done, that's exactly what's being the, the war, the wars between Christian rights and gay rights under the guise of anti-discrimination laws. So he goes on to say, it's especially important for the gay movement to hitch its cause to pre-existing standards of law and justice because its straight supporters must have at hand a cogent reply to the moralistic arguments of its enemies. Homo haters cloak their emotional revulsion in the daunting robes of religious dogma. So defenders of gay rights must be ready to counter dogma with principle. Thrice armed is he who hath his quarrel just. And this is an exact quote. This literally falls right after the last quote I gave you in the book. And I just want to highlight here a couple things. um, Because this, you know... Following on the lines of anti-discrimination, um, here, again, it's the movement as a whole uh, that they're trying to do. So why? Because straight supporters, the, the straight supporters, keep in, keep in mind that straight supporters, not opposers, they have to have a cogent reply to what? The moralistic arguments of its enemies. Well, who are the enemies? The enemy is me. The enemy is you. If you're a Bible believer, you understand what homosexuality is. Uh, so they, they want you to have, they want their people to have a cogent reply. Why? Because homo haters cloak their emotional revulsion in the daunting robes of religious dogma. Don't miss it. Because the authors knew That the number one people, the the people who are opposed to homosexuality and the sexual acts and the lifestyle of the homosexual behavior are those who were believers, those who are in Protestant conservative churches. We actually saw this earlier in a couple episodes ago where I pointed that out. I mean, he specifically targeted the moderate churches like the Presbyterian Church USA and all of that, the more liberal churches. To embrace the message. And that's exactly what we have today in America. It's all over the place. You have rampant gay Christianity masquerading as biblical Christianity all over the place. Um, but it's not. So the homo haters, um, their emotional revulsion, what is that to? It's to behavior that's not natural the way God created it be. Right? And they know that. Which is why their target was to go ahead and do that. So principle six, again, was they, they basically wanted to give the potential protectors a just cause. So uh, they were basically, the the just cause is discrimination laws and all the laws and all the things over here that have absolutely nothing to do with reality. In fact, they've done it so skillfully because most people, When you talk to them, them, if they really don't know anything about the issue and how it was marketed or how they actually came to have their mind changed about it, especially if they're older, they'll go, huh, yeah, you know, who wants to be on the bad side of, you know, who wants to discriminate discriminate against anybody? I will, you know, long time ago, uh, let me just tell you something, a long time ago, there was uh, the pro-life movement and I got a t-shirt, I actually still have it, I've kept this t-shirt for years. Uh, And on the front of it, uh, on the front of it, it says intolerance is a beautiful thing, right? But we've been taught intolerance, you know, don't be intolerant. You're a hateful, homophobic bigot if you're intolerant. But on this shirt, it says intolerance is a beautiful thing. And then on the list of, then on the list, then on the back of the shirt, it actually lists things like, you know, the people that stood up against Hitler, the people that stood up against the KKK, the people that stood up against you know, all the the real moral evils out there, right? This, this, this just happens to be a pro-life t-shirt, but you can say it about this too. Intolerance is a beautiful thing when you're standing up for what God has called you to stand up for. And if you're a Christian, you're supposed to be going against the flow of the world and standing up against that stuff. You're supposed to be the light in the darkness. You're not supposed to be like, oh, here I am. I'm, I'm like blending in with the, with the darkness. No, you're supposed to be the light. You're supposed to be shedding, you know, the light. Because the darkness is there and they need help. They need hope. That's why there's so much darkness in that community. Because they don't have it. And yesterday we had Stephen Black from First Stone Ministries on the show. And if you didn't see it, I would go back. I would encourage you to go back and watch it. Because what his ministry does and a number of others like the Restored Hope Network Uh, people, what those ministries do is they offer hope where hope is being, you know, pushed out, you know, and because, and if you really think about the homosexual aggressors, they're anti-hope because they really don't want people to know that they can change, right? And that's not cool. All right. So principle seven is make gays look good. True story. I've said this, I've said this so much. Uh, I've said it so much that it, you know, that I get sick of saying it because it's just, you know, horrible, um, but here's the thing, make gays look good. This is the next point, point. and this is what he says on page 188. In order to make a gay victim sympathetic to straights, you have to portray him as every man, and uh, by the way, I took, I took out some of the quotes because it was just super long. It doesn't matter anyway, but anyway, he says, in order to make a gay victim sympathetic to straights, you have to portray him as every man to confound bigoted stereotypes and hasten the conversion of straights. Strongly favorable images of gays must be set before the public. The campaign should paint gay men and lesbians as superior, veritable pillars of society. Now this is important because I, I italicized the word superior. That's how it was in the book. I bolded conversion of straights because I want you to remember that this is an intentional marketing plan for them to convert you to their worldview to their opinion right i mean we always talk about being born again right as uh as christians well how were we born again we were converted right our minds changed when we became followers of jesus because he's called us to himself and he gave us that you know he opened our eyes hi gina and stephen I nice see you guys um so so here the marketing of homosexuality to america their job, their goal, is to convert straights into supporting homosexuals, whether or not they agree with it or not. And how are they going to do this? By painting gay men and women or lesbians as superior, veritable pillars of the community. It goes on to say, Yes, yes, we know that this trick is so old it creaks. Other minorities have used it often in ads that, proclaim, that proudly exclaim, Did you know that this great man was uh, Thurniganian or whatever? That was actually in the thing. And I actually tried to look up that word to see what it was. The only thing that came up uh, was some German thing, which didn't make any sense in this context. So I don't even know why the guy put it in the book, but whatever. Uh, But the message is vital for all those straights who still picture gays as queers, losers, shadowy, lonesome, frail, drunken, suicidal, child-snatching misfits. Those are the author's words, not mine, but you got to ask yourself, why would the author be so vividly descriptive and give uh, gays only negative, um, you know, image, you know, negative words towards it, right? You got to ask yourself, right? And we have dogs barking in the background. Anyway, so again, yes, yes, we know this is a trick. It's sold at Creeks. Other minorities have used it often in ads that proudly explain, did you know this great man was blah, blah, blah. So insert the word gay just as an example. But the message is vital for all those straights who still picture gays as queer losers, shadowy, lonesome, frail, drunken, suicidal, ch- child snatching, misfits, right? So there's a reason he threw in all those things. It's because that's how people generally look at homosexuals, right? Not that I do, but that's generally how how the thing is. He goes then on to talk about uh, the historical figures, and he lists a number of them in the book, and I'm not going to read who they are. Uh, but the context is interesting because he goes on to say, famous historical figures are especially useful to us for two reasons. First, they are invariably dead as a doornail, hence in no position to deny the truth and sue for libel, which makes you wonder, hmm? Okay. And second, and more serious, the virtues and accomplishments that make these historic gay figures admirable cannot be gainsa- gainsaid, gainsaid rather, or dismissed by the public since high school history textbooks have already set them in uh, incontrovertible cement. So in other words, the people who are doing your textbooks, which we all know are liberal, uh, they're putting this stuff in there and hey, you know what, your kids are learning it in your history books and wherever else, and so it must be true, right? Well, here's, the, here's something really interesting if you think about it. If you were alive when 9-11 took place 17 years ago, and you lived the way I did by watching that horrific event unfold on TV, and then you ended up seeing the events that took place, and you know 17 years ago what happened, and how it happened, what happened, and then you go read a textbook from recent years in history, you will note and you will see that Islam is taken out of the actual attack in that. They have actually written that out in a lot of the history textbooks of today. So children who were not even around when that took place 17 years ago uh, are getting told a lie in modern history, which is so easily to, you know, to actually say, well, wait, just a second. We got all this footage here and all these alternate websites and all this other stuff. That's why social media platforms and alternate shows like this one are really important because we're giving the peace that the liberal media won't. And so when it comes to the marketing of homosexuality to America, you know, what they've done is they have cleverly taken historical figures and they have said, oh, well, look at this great gay person of old. But here you see why they're doing it. First, they take the dead people, okay, the dead ones. Why? Because they can't deny the truth. Or sue for libel. So why would they have to sue for libel if it wasn't true? You know what I'm saying? So why why would that even be an option if, let's say, I don't know, I I don't want to name anybody because I don't want to give them any credit for with any names. But let's just say, you know, Joe Blow uh, was a gay, you know, icon. Why, you know, he's dead. He can't defend himself, you know, from 300 years ago or 200 years ago. But why would they sue for libel if they were alive? Why not find those who are living who are so great? Well, they actually have that if you look at the next part of uh, the next slide. So what they what the authors then do is they talk about the whole idea of using, you know, historical figures to, you know, tout Uh, what gays have done for society and the world, and then they give an example of using celebrity, basically by talking about how if they then can get a celebrity to promote homosexuality or a gay celebrity to promote it, then this is what happens. And this this was literally in the book, quote, You like, I like and admire Mr. Celebrity. Mr. Celebrity is queer and or he respects queers. So either I must stop liking and admiring Mr. Celebrity or else it must be all right for me to respect queers. These are the words of the book, not mine. Um, so, and it, it's true. This is an example of jamming, which we actually went over a couple of uh, weeks back. And it's true. You, you have to ask yourself, well, gee, how many celebrities do I like? Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. That was a very popular show. Uh, you know, there's there's other very popular a lesbian talk show hosts like Ellen, just as, as an example. Well, if you like Ellen, if you you think she's, she's funny, if you like Rosie O'Donnell, you think she's funny, you know, well, then all of a sudden you're, but you oppose homosexuality and lesbianism, what they stand for as their sexual lifestyle. Well, that gives you conflicting feelings and they've done it great. Because, I mean, I like Ellen. I don't like her sexual choice by any stretch, but the way that they're marketing it and using celebrity to jam your emotions, to get you confused in order to come out and support said celebrity is brilliant. And that's what their goal is. All right. So principle eight, which is the last principle in these eight principles, is make victimizers look bad. Note here that they are defining a victimizer as someone who opposes homosexuality and their agenda. So, by their definition, if you oppose it, you are the victimizer. And I don't know about you, but personally, I don't like to be referred to as a victimizer. You know, I'm nobody that likes, you know, to see people hurt by any stretch of the imagination. But that is basically the goal here. So, he goes on to say on page 189, The objective is to make homo-hating beliefs and actions look so nasty that the average Americans will want to disassociate themselves from them. This, of course, is a variant on the process of jamming. We also intend by this tactic to make the very expression of homo-hatred so discreditable that even intransigence will eventually be silenced in public, much as rabid racists and anti-Semites are today. Okay, so again, how many of you have seen this take place, right? How many of you have friends, or maybe it's even you, you yourself? You know, you see a situation, uh, whether it's a political ad or you know something that happens where where you are afraid to speak out. And say, you know what? Homosexuality is a sin. I didn't say it; God said it. The Bible says that homosexuality is an abomination to God. God is a holy God; He deals with sin. That's why Jesus went to die on the cross for that sin. Instead of saying Instead, people go, oh, well, you know, well, you know, they have a right to love who they want to love, you know. Um, you know, who are you to say that, fill in the blank, well, who are you to judge, uh, yeah, well, like, who who are you to tell me who I cannot love or I can love, right? And that's what's happened. people... You know, the, the marketing has gone so well that, number one, your, quote, homo-hating beliefs, you may as well read biblical there, uh, and action. What is your action? I, I'll tell you, I'll give you a perfect example. Not too, It was probably a couple years ago. I set up a Pinterest page a long time ago, and I actually had a gay activist, gay activist of the day I was praying for, and I just put up a little graphic that said, please pray for so-and-so. And that is, to me, a loving action. That is love to pray for those who need the lord, right? Well, you know, something as simple as prayer is made to look like it's nasty. And so the average person, the average American has gone, "Oh, you know what? I don't I don't want anything to do with that." Nope, you know, if you have a secret prayer list, you can send to me, you know, I'll tell you what I really think in secret, but I don't want to go and comment on your Facebook because if I do then my friends who are gay might see it and then I might look like a horrible person because of this. They might think I hate gay people. They have done it. Hi Liz. They have done this so 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 good. So they have uh they have cleverly made quote biblical beliefs, they call homo hating beliefs, and actions look so nasty that the average Americans want to associate themselves from there. They've done it by jamming Um, and they actually says here, again, we also intend this, this, by this tactic to make the very expression of homo hatred so discredible that even intransigence will eventually be silenced in public. Well, an intransigent, again, if you don't know, is, is somebody that is ardently opposed morally to this issue. That would be me. I just, so you know, Okay. And they, of course, couple it with racism and anti-Semitism. Perfect, right? So they go on to say here, and they give the examples here. So the best way to make homo-hatred look bad is to vilify those who victimize gays. Again, the victimized gays, its is you're the victimizer, so you're opposing homosexuality. That's what they're talking about. So the best way to make homo-hatred look bad is to vilify those who victimize gays. The public should be shown images of ranting homo-haters whose associated traits and attitudes appall and anger middle America. The images might include Klansmen demanding that gays be slaughtered or castrated. Check. We've seen that. Hysterical backwoods preachers drooling with hate to a degree that looks both comical and deranged. Check. Check. God hates fags people. The Phelps clan. They're the biggest ones. Menacing punks, thugs, and convicts who speak coolly about the fags they have bashed or would like to bash. Check. They've done that. All I gotta do is go to YouTube. A tour of a Nazi concentration camp where homosexuals were tortured and gassed. Check. 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 And check. They have done it. And... And that's why people don't speak out and stay their opinion because they, who wants to be associated with the KKK, right? Who wants to be associated with the God Hates Fags group, right? Which, by the way, some of them have repented. You know, who wants to be associated with somebody who's a punk or a thug or who advocates beating somebody up because you just disagree with who they have sex with? Or who the heck wants to be associated with Nazi concentration camps, except those who advocate for Nazism? You know, I mean, nobody does. And yet, that's exactly what they did. And they go on to say here, and this is our last slide, in TV and print, images of victimizers, that would be you and me, can be combined with those of their gay victims by a method propagandists call the bracket technique. For example, for several seconds, an unctuous, is that right? Unctuous, beady-eyed southern preacher is shown pounding the pulpit in rage against those, quote, pervid, perverted, abominable creatures, unquote. While his tirade continues over the soundtrack, the picture switches to a heart-rending photos of badly beaten persons, notice, or of gays who look decent, harmless, and likable. And then we cut back to the poisonous face of the preacher. The contrast speaks for itself, and the effect is devastating. Okay, so again... How many of you have seen this, right? I have. I've seen it. I mean, they have done it brilliantly. In fact, in our next, uh, uh, or my next, um, you know, uh, teaching on this, in part eight, um, I'm going to show you some of the pictures in the book because they actually have the ads that they they formulated in order to put out into the media, and that's why you have all this association. And people, people are afraid. Of being associated with that. The Fred Phelps clan cult it really is a cult. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a family, but you know, they have their website, godhatesfags.com. And, and they're the, they're the wild eyed, beady eyed preacher that slams things, basically tells everybody they're going to hell and all that stuff. And they pick it homosexual. I mean, all this stuff. And when people think of Christians, that's what they think of. Those people, Ooh, those people. Oh, I don't want to be associated with those people. You know they have marketed it actually, actually perfect. And the the bracket technique by putting the raging, you know, preacher man, you know, and then put the the nice images the, or the, or the the badly beaten people or whoever they are, you know, so that oh well this causes that, that, I don't want that. This causes that, and it's so subtle. And obvious at the same time, but people swallow it, hook, line, and sinker. So I get really um, irritated and I get a little bit frustrated by the Christians in the world who end up, you know, spending hours and 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 hours watching liberal produced TV it drives me crazy whether it's the news or it's a show that that advocates homosexuality with a homosexual character or whatever because what happened is you you actually have become a victim of their marketing uh, and you, the time that you could be taking to study God's word to learn things about the Lord and to pursue a holy life and all that instead you're pouring it you're pouring this trash into your head and it's just making you um, uh, ineffective, really, for the gospel, and it's making you apathetic about the sin that you're being promoted. You know, And again, a friend of mine, I have a good friend that I went to grad school with, <clears throat> and I asked her a couple years ago, I, you know, I've known her, I don't know, about 13 years or something, I asked her, I said, um, and she, she's okay with homosexuality, just to give you the background. And I said, well, are you okay with pedophilia? Are you okay with older, you know, men or women in a sexual relationship with a child? Well, no, of course not. That's her answer, right? I said, are you sure? Are you sure? Because it used to be 40 years ago that everybody saw homosexuality essentially the same way. You know, everybody saw homosexuals the same way as somebody that had some mental issues and needs some help. You know, they, they're they not the norm. Uh, they are, you know, for whatever reason, they feel the way they do and they choose to act out the way that they do. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means that they've, they've been hurt in some way. So, you know, it used to be 40 years ago that everybody saw that, that if you're a homosexual, you should go to therapy and get some help and figure out what it was. Was it child sexual sexual abuse that did this? Was there some unhealthy attachment? I mean, all the psychology... Research that's honest will actually show you the etiology of this. And that's just the the beginning origins if you don't know what the word etiology means. You know, you look at that. Well, why do you feel that way? Okay. Well, maybe we can help you. Maybe we can help you with some boundaries. Maybe we can help you understand those feelings. Maybe we can get you into a healthy relationship with a male of the same sex who's not going to hurt you or sexually violate you in any way. Same thing with women, you know. But... It's like, okay, well, it used to be that that's what everybody thought, and this was the route to help, but through the clever, deceptive marketing of homosexuality to America, and all the images that they promoted and showed you, all of a sudden, everybody's like, huh, yeah, well, maybe I was wrong, you know? I don't want to be like Archie Bunker. I don't want to be like Stacey Lynn Harp, or Janet Parshall, or... Whoever, you know, who opposes this, Janet Mefford, Stephen Black. I don't want to be like those people because when I think anti-gay, I think of Fred Phelps and, you know, all that stuff, right? I mean, who wants to be associated with that? You know, nobody does. So the marketing has worked really, 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 really well. And, And the sad part now is that just like what we were talking about yesterday with Stephen, the sad part is that now they have gotten so far in their marketing of homosexuality and the whole LGBT agenda to America that now we're seeing extreme examples of that community being pitched to children. Um, Yesterday, Stephen shared with us the whole uh, drag queen thing that is now being taught and shown to children. You know, and years ago, You know, that would have never, ever happened. But it shows you how far we've fallen as a culture. And it shows you how easily people get desensitized to evil. Because it is evil. And when you've got people like me and Bareface and others going, say, wait, no. Hey, you guys, no. Let's, no, 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 no. No, we need to put a stop to this, you know. Or the school curriculum. And in the schools, that's, you know, pornographic You know, I mean, the pictures that are being shown in the school curriculum for children, those pictures are akin to pornography when I was a kid, you know, growing up. Because I was abused by that pornography. And so it's like, now we've given the activists access to our children to actually emotionally and sexually abuse them. And there's just a little teeny weeny bit of an outcry, but not much. Because what happens is the church is apathetic. And we'll get all outraged. We'll we'll rant and rave for a little bit. And then we'll go back home and go, oh, you know what? Tonight, Survivor is on. Let's look at that. Hmm. Or Big Brother. Oh, yeah, we'll watch that. Or whatever, you know. And then just forget about the innocent children that we need to be protecting. You know, because who's going to protect them? If we don't protect them, who is going to protect them, right? So, there you go. That is the marketing of homosexuality to America. And I hope you've learned something. And uh, again, like if you want to get this book, I encourage you, I mean, it's going to cost you at least 50 or $60 to get it. Uh, but you know, I'm not going to be able to cover everything in these presentations, but I'm, I'm giving you quotes literally out of the book. And um, I will be showing you some pictures in, in a couple of episodes later. So Uh, Randall, I'm just curious, do you have anything to add? I mean, I know that you, uh, you understand this situation because you, you were at the Glisten conference too a long time ago and watched how they actually, um, you know, how they actually did this, how they market, how their intentional targeting of Christian people, by the way, and religious people and only Christian and religious people for the most part.
1: Yeah, it was clear, you know, they know... No ambiguity about it that that was their biggest target. You know, they mentioned the conservative organizations and ministries, like focus on the family and and AFA and stuff like that. They they were mentioned by name, and and yeah, and then everything pretty much is in that book with the way to. You know again, downplay the sexuality downplay the behavior about it with it, and just associate gay with good you know these role models and um and you did the went to the since it was an education thing educators were there uh you went to the workshop on the the music and you oh, know, yeah. introducing homosexuality through music to to children Hi, and I'm trying to think of the different workshops that I went to that conference. Just uh, some were were oriented towards adults about sensitivity, you know, diversity kind of training. And in that was the whole, uh, again, what was laid out in the book about equating, you know, uh, homosexual behavior to innate things like race or or those kinds of things you know this you know to put forth you know as as the victimized you know oppressed class of people and anybody who you know opposes is is the victimizer and i mean that was clear throughout but then the just the just that it wasn't about same sex attraction or who you love well, it was about it was just about sexual anarchy. Um, I went to a workshop where they showed the film It's Elementary which is a for those of you who don't know, it was a video made for made for schools, public schools and other education for children teaching about the different kind of families and and, you know, it's not always the nuclear family of a mother and father and children. Sometimes it's two dads or, you know, two moms or whatever they there. But it, it's elementary, you know, because put pushing to elementary kids that, you know, family isn't necessarily bloodlines. It's, you know, just different kinds of relationships. But what was telling is after that, after the showing of the film, there's a and a period. And I believe it was the producer of the film that was there to answer it. And, um, for example, one, one um, uh, I think she was a principal, um, I forget where in the United States she was a principal, but she said, you know, this this was all well and good, but, you know, when are we going to start seeing, you know, what I want to know is when we're going to start seeing the three faces, you know, the polyamoric families with uh you know three adults you know two moms and a dad or three moms or you know two dads and three moms and or two dads two moms and a and a transgender roommate you know she wanted to know when are we going to see the the three faces and she was you know the the or the multiple and she was saying that uh the new york times i think at that time i uh, was uh, had put like a, a, you know, engagement announcement of three people or something like that. And so, anyway, she's wanted that to be mainstream. And there was a, a, an educator from Alaska, you know, way, way out there, you know, fringe, you know, ultra liberal Alaska. Not from San Francisco, not from, you know, not from New York City. Right. Um but uh a sixth grade teacher and and one of the other teachers that asked well here's here 's a question you know um you know cause the 'cause the film elementary it included a a father who had left his wife for another man and, and formed a different type of family and 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 another teacher said, Well, that's good and that happened with my students, but now that relationship is broken up. You know, the father left his male lover and has created some additional uh, you know, angst for the child because before it was the shared custody between his mom and his two dads and now that's broken up and now those two Father figures he had in his life. Now there's a custody thing between the two of them. You know, and how do you help a child through that? Because it can happen. And this guy from Alaska, he answered her question. He said, well, what I tell my students is that human relationships are temporary. Yeah. That, you know, mom and dad or dad and dad might love each other for now. But they may not later. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just the way human relationships are. And and you can expect them to be temporary. And that's what he tells his students. Um, yeah. And we're going back, what, 16, 17 years?
0: Yeah, I think we should go to another conference. That's what I think we should do. I yeah. think, I think if, we, if we should go if, and... we, if, we,
1: if we could stand it.
0: Yeah, I Yeah, I know. I might not. I would do it for the kids, but I, I, and, I just. Um,
1: and again, this isn't this isn't mainstream. It, it's a vocal minority that have so asserted themselves in mainstream media uh, that.
0: Well, they they've taken over. mainstream well, yeah, they're bullies. That's what right. they are. They're actual bullies. They are then, the real bullies. So.
1: That have set themselves up not like an ignorable. Minority, but as as a protected class, as an enshrined and celebrated class of people that you don't dare oppose.
0: Right, because when you do oppose them, or you stand up for your biblical worldview or your value, uh, then you're, just, you or you just end natural. up natural. Yeah, or but the thing is, though, you end up losing your business. Right. Or you end up being tied up in a lawsuit for years. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you, you lose your career, you can lose your children. Uh, I mean, they have, they have found great ways through the law to punish people like us. And, and the truth is, is that, um, you know, that, and we're that, not... that silences people yeah, because and, and they did... don't, they don't want to take it on the chops, if you will, for that.
1: Yeah. And to be clear, we're not demonizing anyone with safe, same sex attraction. We're talking about a vocal minority, a militant, right. a militant group, an activist group that has been very systematic and very persistent about making their behavior something that dare not be opposed.
0: Yeah. So let me go ahead now and thank our sponsor, Ariel Ministries, who's you know who actually is awesome. If you guys haven't, uh, yet gotten this, this month's free Bible study, you can do that by going to air, go on the Bible Yeah, you can go to, (laughs) go to Bible and you can download, uh, the free Bible study called the rapture of the church. And, and also you can get the book, uh, that we're recommending this month called Israel betrayed, uh, which is a great book. You guys should look at that and, and learn more about, um, about that. About that and you can save 20% when you use the coupon code Bible News, which I encourage you to do. You know, whenever you use that coupon code, that lets Ariel know that you appreciate them support, supporting our show. So some of you don't give to our show financially cuz you're not able to, but I know you like to buy stuff. And so go buy something from Ariel and that will that's a way to support our show if you're not actually a pillar of our community. Um you can do that. Plus get on my email list. Um, and you'll start getting email. I'm, I'm changing that up again. I, I had, um, a lot of people today. I, on my text message list, if you're not on that, I texted my text message list. Hey, what would you guys like to see on my email? So, um, so now I know and we'll be going, we'll trying to be serving you guys a little bit more, uh, in that way as well. <clears throat> Also, uh, if you are a pillar of the community, I want to say thank you. If you want to be one, please just donate to the show uh, and commit to doing that every month. And, um, you know, and then you then you will be a pillar of the community. And you can do that Bible biblenewsradio.com. dot com. Also, if you um, are aware that we're going to the Prophecy Watchers Convention or conference next next uh, in a couple of weeks, actually, it's coming up soon. Um, we're still about seven hundred dollars short of our goal. Uh, to cover the cost of that trip, at it's finest at its lowest. I mean, we've <laughs> we've gone bare bones as possible. Uh, if you want to help donate to that, so that we we don't have to go into further debt to do that, so we can bring you even more great people on the show, then you can donate to that as well over at our website. <clears throat> and or if you want to become a member of Legal Shield to get some get yourself covered, which you should anyway, uh, and identity theft protection with ID Shield. Uh, then you can also contact me directly and I can walk you through that process and actually explain to you the perks of the Legal Shield program and all that. And if you want to be an associate with me as well and be on my team, I am super excited, excited to announce that uh, that we have Vicki Fitch, who is going to be doing some special training uh, with our Legal Shield associate team. And honestly, it doesn't really get any better than that. I mean, she is a direct sales expert. She knows this she knows this she knows this space and honestly if you want a mentor when it comes to sales Vicky is your person she knows what she's doing uh, and she has set aside a month of training just for my team um, so if you're already an associate with me uh, you should have gotten an email yesterday if you didn't make sure you let me know because it wasn't for me it was from her son uh, but you should have gotten an email telling you the dates and times for that training uh, so that you can learn how to become a better salesperson, really. Uh, being an associate with Legal Shield too, I just have to tell you that if you want something that is easy to make money with, plus the developmental leadership training that you get every week and every day, actually, if you choose to go in and do the work that y- you can do, uh, it's it's awesome. It's a ninety-nine dollar investment. That's it. And if you get the mobile app to help you market it, it's twenty dollars a month. So. You know, $99 plus $20 a month. Um, and you'll make that back in spades easy. If you if you do the work, you'll make it back. Um, and I'm not just saying that. You actually will make it back. I've done it. I've made it back. Um, so if you want to do that and join my team, now would be a good time to do it uh, because the training is going to start, I think, next week, just so you know. <laughs> and once it's done, you know, hey, you know, you'll be able to have the access to that training as well to be a part of our team. Uh, you know, Christmas is coming up, you guys, and uh I know a lot of pe- a lot of us are always looking for extra money, so this is a great way to earn some extra money too. You know, even Randall, which cracks me up, he isn't uh he's not an associate with Legal Shield, but you know, me and him will be out, we'll be talking to somebody and somehow the topic will come up and and Bearface has actually started presenting the, pro- the <laughs> Oh, yeah, and it has this, this, and this. And and people are like, wow, you know. When you see it, it's hard not to be a member because it pays for itself and it really does protect you and it's so affordable that everybody can afford it, even me, just so you know. So contact me and let me know uh, when you want to sign up and we'll get you all signed up, all right? Okay, so tomorrow is Free For All Friday, which means that we are going to talk about Whatever we feel like. So, if you want to participate in the topic selection for Free for All Friday, then do me a favor and send me a message somewhere, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, uh, text message, whatever, wherever it is. uh, Just send me a message and let me know what topics you want me to cover. I know this week we've covered, I'm not even sure what we've covered this week, but the thing is, is we have covered something, just so you know. So, you guys have any questions? I know that there's some of you still in the in the room. I know a lot of people are going in and out there. One uh, of the problems with Christians' marriage, also, uh, yeah, you know, one of, I Gina, I would say, you know, just interestingly that um, that Christian marriages today are under attack by the enemy. If they're biblical, for sure, um, I think it's one of the the weakest um, uh, needs that's met in the church. Uh the church, a lot of churches, unless it's a huge mega church, doesn't actually have um, a ministry to help couples. At least that's been my experience. If it's a small church, there's usually not enough people to do it. Um, and communication issues are definitely an issue. And living and being, you know, in a relationship with another person is, is that. In fact, I was talking to somebody last night uh, who made a comment. About communication, and he was trying to make a point to me that that you know, if he was going to communicate to his girlfriend, and blah 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 blah, and it was kind of a condescending comment. But you know, I just told him. I said, you know, I I said, are you married? He's like, no. I said, well, I've been married twenty six years, so let me just say, I get communication, because <laughs> if you haven't been married for a long time or even a short time. Uh, let me just tell you, you can't be married for any length of time and not know how to communicate. Just saying. Uh, yeah. So that's definitely an issue. And I just saw your prayer request too, but I'm not going to make it public. Uh, but I will, I will pray for you just so you know. All right. So, um, yeah. All right. We got about five minutes. So Randall, you have anything you want to talk about in the last couple of minutes of the show? Today is Grover's birthday. My ad. Yeah, it is. He's eight years old today in case you care. Why wouldn't you care? You know, the host's little mascot, Mr., <laughs> is eight today. He's eight years old. It's hard to believe I've had him eight years. So, what are you doing?
1: What am I doing? Yeah. Listening to you. Okay. And just watching things and doing the stuff I normally do.
0: Gotcha. Well, I'm finally used to you without your beard now. That's good. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think there's any reason to stay for the full hour because we're pretty much done with our presentation. So uh, I uh, hope you guys have a good rest of your day. And we will see you tomorrow, Lord willing, for Free For All Friday. (laughs) Remember, people be bold, stand up. And go with God. And when you see the marketing of homosexuality to America, now just keep in mind what we taught you, okay? Because basically, you know, they're doing it to you. And uh, and if you promote it, then you're a sucker because you actually got suckered into promoting it with them. That's what they want you to do. Just so you know. So, yep, blessings to you. Thank you for coming in, and thank you for all the birthday wishes for our dog. Yes, I appreciate that, too. (laughs) All right, see you tomorrow.